It's like, so what made you come? <laughs> and they keep coming back. They so, keep coming back. So that, that, that's the good thing about it, right? Um, mm-hmm. And that's the goal, you know, is to have a unified church, diverse, mm-hmm. a, a very diverse church. That's the goal. Um, and I think one of the most diverse churches I've been to in Madison is Lighthouse Church. Mm-hmm. With Marcio Sierra, Pastor Marcio is an excellent dude. Mm-hmm. I love Marcio, right? And um, in his church, I went preach there, mm-hmm. and he had black people, white people, Asian, mm-hmm. Hispanic uh, people. I think one lady came up to me. She was, I think, she was from Russia or some, somewhere in Europe. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, wow, you know, Marcio is so diversified. You know. And it's um, English and a Spanish-speaking service. Oh, okay. So it's just not in English; it's also in Spanish. And so it's and for him to have people in there from being so diversified that speaks to his leadership and to the ministry of their church. For sure, because then it's um, like as we've stated before, you know, Sunday can be the most segregated mm-hmm. day of the week, and to that leadership of making sure. You know the people that are inside are are getting fed and mm-hmm. being able to be heard and be felt. Like even at Blackhawk, they have um they have Chinese services. Mm-hmm. Now I don't know if it's just Mandarin, but I know it's either Mandarin or Cantonese that okay. the service is in. But that's a population that they are right. serving. And I think I think um, based off our demographics of this neighborhood, mm-hmm. we're going to have to do something soon for the Hispanic population mm-hmm. because it. Uh, it's growing, yeah, and we see it all around us. So we got to be intentional about um, the members of our community uh, because seventy uh, percent of our congregation drive into five three seven one three. Wow. Yeah. Seventy hmm. percent of our congregation that makes do not, sense. I do do not live in the zip code, right? Mm-hmm. And so you know, like I said, people coming from Lodi, coming from uh, Watertown, Johnson Creek area. Mm-hmm. You know, we got people coming from all different wow. places. Um, but but our intentionality definitely have to be within this yeah. this area where we are, so we can be able to minister to um, each demographic mm-hmm. of our community. And that continues to speak to your leadership too, of like reaching, mm-hmm. you know, out. It's not just um, an exclusionary. Right. Uh, let's get it. Let's get into it. Welcome to MTZ Overflow Podcast. My name is Cassandra Thorpe, and I'm here with our Reverend Dr. Marcus Allen. Yes, yes, yes. Um, we are here um, going to talk about some stuff in particular. First of all, uh, did you see the Badger basket- men's basketball win the Big Ten Championship last yes, night? Yes, that was amazing. My son and I went to the game. That was awesome. I did not want to go. I had bought the tickets. Uh-huh months ago yeah and i was like yo i'm just gonna stay at home I'm not, i don't feel like it yeah i want to play my game you know that's <laughs> my anniversary week i don't have to preach yeah, yeah. so i said i just really want to just chill out but mm-hmm. i've been working a lot this week more than i think i should but i was mm-hmm. like i'm just gonna stay at home tara and kaya was going to uh the overture they had some like dan allen alvin alley oh okay alvin ailey ailey yeah, yeah. dancers Dancers and um, so I was like, yeah, they be gone, so I can just chill at home, man, MJ. And um, I went pick MJ up from school. It's like, Dad, you going to the game tonight? I was like, How you know I had tickets? <laughs> <laughs> he was like, Yeah, because this against Purdue and if, if uh, Wisconsin win, 
they clinched the Big Ten. And I was like, I didn't even know that because mm-hmm. I ain't, I ain't, I haven't been watching college basketball like I should only when I go to the games. Mm-hmm. I was like, cool. So we go, uh, couldn't find parking anywhere. And I was like, yo, I ain't. and we was down there at seven fifteen. Game started at eight. Mm-hmm. And normally, you know, you, you know, I normally park at the upper house. Okay, sold out. A lot across the street, sold out. Drove over, everything sold out. And then I found a park on Lake Drive. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, on the street, and it was meter parking. But you know, after six, right. it's free. Bam, get in there. We go, <laughs> we go, we get in the game. Uh, right when uh, tip off. Okay. Yeah. So we, so we was wandering around for what forty five minutes trying to find a, a, a parking spot. I've never heard the cold center that loud. Were you there? I was there, yeah. I've never heard it that loud. It was so it was so loud. It was yeah. like it's like wow, like this could be it for every game. That's crazy. Yes. <laughs> I've I've never heard the cold center that loud and then when um when they came down and shot those threes and back to back, you know, Johnny Davis hit the lucky shot off the back but bang for that shot. <laughs> oh, he he surprised himself he, he was did. going for the rebound. <laughs> And then, and then when it was Chucky, mm-hmm. and Chucky hit the three, it just went bananas. It was mm-hmm. crazy. And I was like, MJ. And then I saw all the students running down. I was like, oh, they about to rush the floor. I've never seen this before, and I've always wanted to do this. I said, let's go, MJ. MJ held me back. He went, <laughs> like, no, nah, Dad, it's already 1020. I got to go to school. I'm like, man, come on, YOLO. He said, no, no. I'm like, yo, we pushing Pete, you know what I'm saying? Uh-oh. <laughs> so, so we was uh, it, it was it was it was amazing. That was that was the best best game I've been to. Yeah, that'll be. But it was fun. That was, uh, and then to experience it with MJ it was yeah, it was real fun. Some father son moments. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah, there's one moment he probably won't forget because you know, we was over there spazzing out both of us. <laughs> I wish she would have let us run out on the court, though. I wanted to. You wouldn't have wanted to be down there no more I than would. two oh seconds. My <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, Get me out of here. Because yeah, we were standing there, I was standing there like, yo. Because you just see them running down. Mm-hmm. They're coming from the second floor, uh, yeah. third, they all were, the way down. I was like, oh, they about to rush the court. Yep. I was like, oh, I was like, they got confetti flying and stuff. I'm like, golly. <laughs> they were ready to celebrate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so what's great about that moment is that I don't think any, nothing was wasted well, in in those moments. And, mm-hmm. and that brings us to our current text. It's <laughs> good. Thank you. Thank you. Very good. Uh, so in our sermon, in the sermon, uh, you talk. Uh, you reference Matthew fourteen thirteen through twenty one, mm-hmm. uh, with the famous parable, one that most people know and at least to some level have um, leaned on for for support. Uh, the parable of the two fish and the five loaves. So, talk to us about how how we got here. How did Jesus get to where he's at? Well, this. Um this is no, it's not a parable. It's an actual narrative. My bad. It's yeah. just a narrative. Yeah. So a story. What happened was, you know, Jesus is, um, he's doing ministry. He's doing ministry work. Um, and then, you know, of course, his cousin John the Baptist. Mm-hmm. Um, John the Baptist. You know, we we see in Luke where, when G, Mary comes in the room and John the Baptist leaps in Elizabeth's womb. Mm-hmm. 
prior to ever being born because he has been told by the angel that he will not be the one he'll make way for the one and so uh, his 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 role was to make way for Jesus to come repent the kingdom of God is at hand a voice crying out in the wilderness and so that that was John John then um, no he builds his notoriety mm-hmm. you know he's talking about Christ and he, he baptizes Jesus in the Jordan River but then he makes um, King Herod upset mm-hmm. and puts him in prison. And while he's in, he's upset because um, of the relationship. John is is in prison, and Herodias mm-hmm. um, is the queen, and she tells her daughter to dance in front of the king, King Herod. Mm-hmm. And when she danced in front of the king, uh, the king said tells her, "Oh, you can have whatever you want." And um, he said all the land and everything and the girl said no I don't, all I want is John's head on a platter and, and because that's what her mom told her because her mom was mad at John for what he was saying about their relationship her relationship with the king mm-hmm. and so and so uh, um, because you know he made that decree he had to be a man of his word he really didn't want to kill John um, but he kills John, put his head on a platter, and serves it to Herodias' daughter. Jesus hears about it, and he flees. He leaves the area. He gets out. And in the sermon, I say we, that's a lesson we can learn, that when you're in trouble and God provide a way out, you don't always have to fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you can just leave. Mm-hmm. And that's what Jesus uh, commits himself to doing. He leaves, and uh, they get on the boat. They cross the, uh, back over the waters, but they say when Jesus get there, you know, people are already there waiting on him, looking for him to heal their sick. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus is there. He's healing the people. He's touching them. He's he, The Bible said he had compassion on them. Now, think about it. He's grieving mm-hmm. his cousin, first cousin, the one who was created by God to be the one who be the forerunner, mm-hmm. make the way for the way. Um, he dies, his family, right? And Jesus gets trying to go away and get away from, you know, get to a lonely place, but he sees a need. It shows us how compassionate God is and mm-hmm. how compassionate Christ was, that even in his moment of sadness and sorrow, it didn't prevent him from meeting the needs of those in which he had came in contact with. Mm-hmm. And so he's there, and, and the Bible says he had compassion on them, and he healed their sick. So everybody that came to him was sick, he, he began to heal them. Mm-hmm. And so while he's healing them, that's when the disciples say, hey, it's getting late in the evening. Send the people away and let them get some food. You want me to keep going? Well, I can keep going, but I'm going <laughs> to let you ask your questions. Go ahead. <laughs> Uh yeah yeah we'll we'll dive into that and them going away coming back right. all, all that uh I did I do want to ask you and it's we twelve is emphasized a lot in this passage twelve disciples twelve baskets I'm sure there's a way to make five and tw- five and two equal twelve <laughs> two fives and then two twelve <laughs> what 
what is the the biblical significance of the number 12? No, I never get into that. You know, I, I see a lot of my peers. Uh, yeah. You see five equals grace. Three is trinity. Seven is completion. So you say seven completion and five is grace. So put grace and completion together. I don't know. You know what? I, we're I, gonna I go really, with that. I really don't. Uh, I really don't get into the numbers thing. You know, I know a lot. I've seen a lot of my peers or a lot of preachers really dive into um, the numbers mm-hmm. of the Bible and how that works. But I'm, that's that's not something. That's, I'm, that's not your ministry. No, that's not. That's well, forgive me for future. Podcast. When I ask you the same question again, that's fine. <laughs> I think that's the second time you've done it. It is. It's yeah. all good. Well, now I know for, for sure. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, so we, you take time, which I which I really appreciate during this month where we've been diving deeper into Black history mm-hmm. in America, and the challenges that have been happening with Black people and right. supporting Black people. Uh, and we talk about the destruction of Black Wall Street. Right. And how I'm sure it was such a difficult time for them to even give it to Jesus. Mm. When, because as we talk about the success, right? There's, um, you talk about O.W. Gurley who moved to Tulsa, purchased the 40 acres of land and established a business there. I'm sure there was a lot against him even doing that. Right. Uh, I presume this is a man. Um, mm-hmm. and so there's a lot against going that. So giving that to God, like as we talked about last time, the strength, right? Being able to lean on God for strength. Uh, and then talk about the black dollar circulating 36 to 100 times. Like mm-hmm. what, uh, over the past few months, I've heard about this black, the terms and phrases, including black dollar circulating. What is the importance of that right well, the important of it is staying you know is i have a grocery store mm-hmm. so you come to me uh and you buy bread from me okay um someone else has a bakery mm-hmm. black owned i go to that black owned bakery in order to get bread from them Mm-hmm. Someone else has um, the yeast, mm-hmm. uh, which is made you know, with flour or sugar, mm-hmm. salt. So they go to somebody else and get that from them. You feel what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Um, somebody else. So, and then that person needs a haircut. So they go to mm-hmm. Black Barber to get their haircut. And then, they, or the barber need clippers. So he go to the Black distributor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you feel what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what, so the importance of it. That that money is touching that same dollar is causing wealth to grow in each of those organizations. So that's the importance of it because they're going to black organizations, black businesses, and purchasing from black businesses before going outside mm-hmm. of it where it does not benefit black people. Mm-hmm. But if they, everything in the neighborhood, it helps everybody. Okay. All right. Uh, thank you. Thank you for mm-hmm. breaking that down a bit more. If you want to hear more about Black Wall Street, obviously make up a book or, about, or um, listen to some other 
informational literature, but also check out the sermon where Pastor breaks that down. Yo, let me hit this real fast okay. about this, yo, because mm-hmm. I was doing research on on Black Wall Street mm-hmm. for this purpose because uh, no, the sermon, no, give to Jesus, nothing is wasted, no, um, and seeing how entrepreneurs how they have to function, they mm-hmm. have to use everything they have in order to get what they need, and sometimes mm-hmm. they have to take a little and make a lot, and especially Black entrepreneurs, and mm-hmm. so. That's what I was focusing on for the audience in which um, we was trying to preach to. And reading about Black Wall Street um, pointed towards what they called a red summer. We was talking about that last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this red summer was from April to November of 2000, I mean, sorry, 1919. Mm-hmm. Okay, Reconstruction happened between 1865. And I forget when they move the federal troops from down south which caused uh, more violence to happen against black people mm-hmm. so after reconstruction pretty much the lynching tree started um, and, and so so that's what we ha- that's what we have to deal with is the lynching tree and then so uh, World War one kicks off okay and African Americans serve in the world war one WB Du Bois uh, is an advocate for African Americans to fight for this country where many were saying don't go fight for a country that does not treat you fairly and try to hold up democracy to somewhere else mm-hmm. and but W.E.B. DeVos no great man you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying and, and uh, a lot of people listened to his words they saw black people went fought however white people didn't realize when those black people came back they had the skill set mm-hmm. right they had the courage, the fortitude, and the tenacity to say, we're not just going to take whatever you all try to give us. Mm-hmm. And so what happened was um, the lynch tree, lynching tree became a major thing where they just, that's what started the, uh, the Great Migration. Mm. Right now, so black people were leaving because if they did anything that white people thought was wrong, they were killing them with no repercussions happen to them, hang them, kill them, shoot them, whatever. And so that's when people just started moving from down south to northern mm-hmm. cities. And so um, reading about the Red Summer, what happened was even in D.C., um, well, they were fighting back. Black people had guns, and they were fighting back. They were shooting back. Mm-hmm. But, you know, of course, they was always outnumbered. Mm-hmm. You feel me? And so that that's, that happened in 1919, and, and then you know, every so often it happened again, even... Elaine, Arkansas, mm-hmm. said like 200 black people were killed, women, children, men, just because they was trying to form a union for sharecroppers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I can remember my, my grandmother telling me of how um, she used to be a sharecropper. Oh, really? Right. And um, and her husband, my granddaddy, was, um, they used to get cheated every year. Hmm. You know, they do what they work but then every year they's like they were in debt to the landowner so in the middle of the night they'll just get up and leave mm. and and so um that's before 1921 before black wall street was destroyed mm. it was already in the workings because these communities i was even looking uh it, it happened in cleveland you know mm. black wall street wasn't the only place it happened in um and, and so that's um that that's what really drew me to that. Like, yo, 
this wasn't the only time this terrorism was happening to black people, especially on those communities that was thriving economically. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it was the poor whites mostly that was upset about it. Mm-hmm. Tulsa had six airplanes in their, in, their, um, in their area and two of them belonged to black people. Wow. That's how rich they were. Mm. And because of the, uh, the torturing of their city and burning it down, I believe that hindered a lot of generational wealth that we should have today. Yeah. And also the impact that community community should have on our communities today. Yeah, um, that that community impact and the the poor white folk uh, people that were integral in making sure that um, black people were not being success- successful mm-hmm. uh, actually drove a lot within our country. So there's a book uh, it's called The Sum of Us, and she talks about the zero-sum rule where um, white people were willing to hurt themselves if it meant that black people also didn't succeed. Mm. So talking about integrating pools, talking about uh, redlining with housing, right. talking even more so about um, unions and the benefits that will come for black people with, in unions, but white people were like, I don't want black people to be successful, even though it was continuing to hurt them. Mm -hmm. So very much a lot of that is built into um, our communities uh, and then within our systems. So I'll I'll include that Amazon link in the the notes Mm -hmm. um, for people to review. But yeah, addressing our entrepreneurs and just letting them know, A, the importance of the dollar, B, um, that you you are supported even though these things have happened in right. our history we we want to support you we want to continue to circulate that black dollar and continue to to grow our black businesses and we did a great job celebrating our um black business owners that are within our own church right. which i think is really great and i think a lot of that with being an entrepreneur uh, and even here in the text is appreciating what you do have right and um recognizing that you know, in this in this text, all that the disciples had available to them to feed these people was two fish and five loaves. Mm-hmm. But you also, uh, before, that'll take up most of the conversation, but um, we talk about Jesus fleeing when he'd heard that once John the Baptist um, had, had died. And I thought about, um, like, did Jesus, I'm assuming Jesus felt that Herod would kill him too. But he also is fulfilling his prophecy knowing that he was going to die. Mm -hmm. And so my question to you is, with most prophecies we've talked about, is that we know what the end will be, like with Joseph. And we know that his um, parents and his brothers will bow to him. We know what the end will be, but we don't know the journey. Did Jesus know that he would die by crucifixion? Or did he just know that he was going to to die for the people? Like, like could this have been the way that he fulfilled his purpose? Well, no, I think Jesus Jesus knew it all. Mm-hmm. He knew coming, um, how he would die, when he would die. But, you know, I don't think he, um, it, it wasn't his time yet. Cause, mm-hmm. you know, I guess he hadn't fulfilled some of it, the prophecies um, that were given prior to to this event so yeah he knew so he knew so it's gonna 
potentially. This is just me speculating. It could have been an initial test of how to manage these emotions, mm-hmm. right? Because he he fled, right? But when it came time for crucifixion, he was well done to it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so. could have been that. Um, okay, so then we're talking about the disciples. We're here with Jesus, and they're like, "What are we supposed to do?" And Jesus says, "You feed them." All right. Which which makes me laugh because it's like Jesus, like what what else you want me to do? Mm-hmm. I'm healing people. <laughs> I'm trying to be by myself, and you're right. like right. you you feed them. Like I think you put a good emphasis on Jesus's tone in that. Right. I don't think he was like you feed them. Mm-hmm. He's like you feed them. Right. That's but, a, I think that was. Um... That's a call to us all, right? The disciples notice a need. They see something that's wrong. They they operate in something. You no, know, they talk to Jesus. They communicate, which mm-hmm. means prayer for mm-hmm. us. And oftentimes, that's what that's what happens for us. We we see something wrong. We pray about it, and we 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 don't. We often don't think God would include us. Mm-hmm. And being the help that someone else's need that someone else needs, we don't think God would include us in that process. So we'll say, uh, pray for those who are struggling with mental health issues. Mm-hmm. Not not knowing God said you do it. Mm-hmm. Pray for those who are hungry, you feed them. Pray for those who are naked, you clothe them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and and some and so we we don't think. Like um, so, the the point of this portion was appreciate what you do have because sometimes we don't think what we have is enough to mm-hmm. meet the need. Yeah, we don't think so. And so, what Jesus is saying, whatever you have is enough because He never tells them to go get anything else. He said, "Bring it to me." Right. That's a good point. Yeah. And, and, and so they they have two fish, five loaves, and like yo, how are we going to feed all these people with this small amount of food? And Jesus said, figure it out. Mm. Right? They said we only have two fish in the end. And we can look back on it now and be like, mm-hmm. that ain't all that ain't what you only had. You had Jesus. Right, 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 right. And, and you've seen Jesus do some wonderful things. Why just not ask him to do it? Mm-hmm. Why not say, hey, would it been better? Hey Jesus, um, McDonald's, Burger King, KFC is about to close. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have we have two fish, five loaves here. Uh, can you do something to feed these people like you did when you gave water, turned water into wine? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That shows still your dependency and your trust in Christ. But them saying, "Yo, send them away." We only have two fish and five loaves. Now we can look back on the disciples now and criticize them for mm-hmm. doing that yeah, yeah, yeah. because uh, we're not in that in their situation. When we can look back on our lives and see as many times God told us to do something. And we said, no, we can't do it because we felt we didn't have enough. Yeah. Enough intellect, enough education, mm-hmm. enough funds, uh, enough patience, enough time. We thought we just didn't have enough to do it. But God is saying, hey, feed the people. Do what I called you to do. And and oftentimes, though, God does not call the equip. He equips the call. Mm-hmm. And so he'll tell us to go without giving us directions nor the equipment. Yep. But when we get there, we'll be we'll be ready to do what he calls us to do. 
Yeah, it's so it's so amazing how the more that I learn about the disciples, I'll say growing up, they were definitely on a pedestal of like got Jesus all the way up at the top, and then you have the pedest or the disciples on this pedestal of being so close to God or to mm-hmm. Jesus, and you know, starting churches and and connecting with the people, and and my developmental mind the disciples could 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 do no wrong they weren't they weren't regular people like us but the more that i study them and the more that we talk about them i'm like they are literally just like all of us just like us just yo they they had just joined up with jesus many of us been with jesus for a long time Mm -hmm. they only had him for three years like like that's crazy to think about no they, they only had him for three years but they had, and we've many of us been with them for a long time, and we've we read their mistakes, mm-hmm. and we still do them. Where, <laughs> whereas they didn't have a manual, mm-hmm. they didn't have nothing to go off to. They 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 just all they had was the words of Jesus saying, "I am the Christ," and the miracles in which He performed, and the resurrection, because we see the whole time there uh, with Jesus. They're seen as cowards, deserters. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus is all, often asking them, "No, how long? How long must I be with you, you mm-hmm. perverse generation, you faithless generation? How long must I be with you?" You see Jesus chastising them, mm-hmm. but when he leaves and the Holy Spirit comes, they become the most courageous disciples, apostles, mm-hmm. turning the whole world upside down with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And all of them die a martyr's death except John. And John was poisoned, but God allowed him to live. So he lived on the island of Patmos until he died from old age. Mm-hmm. You feel what I mean? Mm-hmm. Now we look at him through the Gospels and we're like, oh man, these dudes crazy. You know? mm-hmm. Peter, uh, you know, Dallas Judas. Thomas. You know what I'm saying? Thomas, you just see a lot of it. Mm-hmm. But, but once Christ ascends back to heaven, They've learned their lessons while they were with him. And then they applied them to their lives and they turned the world upside down, literally. Yeah, they, uh, to that, and they were with him all the time, right? Like they, they invested all of their time, all of their energy, right? They left their occupations as mm-hmm. fishermen, I believe most right. of them were. Most, and yeah. and um, they were told to invest it all in Jesus, which is your second point. And it's a. <laughs> I did like. Uh, well, do you play poker? Mm. Okay. I want to play more. I learned that. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, you know, when you're in um, like Iraq and Afghanistan, you have some downtime. Mm. So there's nothing. You can't go anywhere. You just sit around and so learn how to play poker a little bit. Okay. Texas Hold'em. You play? Not very well. Okay. But. I'm down to play. I could lose some fake money. Okay, I know that's right. <laughs> Just some chips. Yeah, Just some chips. Yeah, you know, they they used to get mad at me because I'm like, no, nah, I ain't playing for no money. Just let me play. <laughs> and so if I ain't playing for no money, I'm always going all in. Of course. Because I'm not losing anything. So when I know I'm not going to lose anything, I invest it all. I take a chance. Yeah. And sometimes it played out and sometimes it didn't. But... And that's the the energy and the mentality we should have going into our relationship or any situation. Mm-hmm. But Jesus is, we're all in. 
it's, it's hard to take out that fear and worry, right? Because of what you could lose. But um, the intention of putting it all in and, and not looking back and being invested in that. That way you're wholly in, you're all the way in and you're not, um, you're not thinking about the shoulda, woulda, coulda. Right. You think I'm here. Yeah, so they, they give it all to Jesus, right? They give them. They didn't have much already, mm-hmm. but what did they what they did have, they gave it to Jesus, and I think that's important for us because sometimes we think we don't have enough to give Jesus. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we don't have enough righteousness. We don't mm-hmm. have enough holiness. We don't have enough faith. We don't have enough love. Um, but but we we whatever we have is good enough, mm-hmm. right? Jesus mm-hmm. said, "Bring it to me." They give it to him. And after they give it to him, he tells the people to sit down. Mm-hmm. The disciple says, "Send them away." Jesus says, "Sit down." <laughs> and good. And, and I'm thinking, no, the the sense of sitting is letting you know you're good where you are. Because mm-hmm. if we stand, we're waiting on something, we're anticipating something. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think something that was unique about this too. Um, I'm suggesting or I'm thinking that none of the people left after they received their healing. Yes. Right? Because if he healed everybody at the end of the healing, it shouldn't have been nobody there because I got my healing, now I can go back home. Mm-hmm. But everybody stuck around. Mm-hmm. Everybody hung out. Right? That's why that's I referenced now. Mm-hmm. This had to be a black gathering. <laughs> right? <laughs> Because uh, you know we're gonna celebrate with a meal after great accomplishments, mm-hmm. and this is a great accomplishment. Some people that were healed, blind, deaf, dumb, lame, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. and now they receive their healing from Jesus, and they don't leave after the healing. Mm-hmm. They stick around, and now Jesus tells all of them, "Now you can sit down." Mm-hmm. Everybody sits down, and he begins. He take the bread where they gave him, he bless it, he breaks it, and he gives to the disciples and tell them to do what he told them to do in the first place. Feed them. Feed the people. Right. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so mm-hmm. so that, that, that was the charge in the beginning, feed the people. And now it's what he's equipped them to do. Mm-hmm. They said, we don't have enough. He said, okay, give it to me. And Jesus proves to us, if we pray over what the little that we have, mm-hmm. if we bless what the the little that we have and mm-hmm. give it to God, mm-hmm. God will give us more than enough to handle whatever else we need. Yeah. And so he he shows that to us. He gives to them. They and they feed the people like he told them to do in the first place. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. Like just thinking about that scenario of all of it. Like even looking at the little pieces, right? Mm-hmm. You have Jesus who's who's tired and fearful for his life, healing people. We can assume he was maybe not in the best mood to be healing people. <laughs> then you have people right. who, are, who are being healed, who are investing and sacrificing maybe some work, maybe some home responsibilities to get this healing and be in the presence of Jesus. Right. Uh, and then you have the disciples who are trying to you know, help facilitate, manage, and make sure that everyone is having a pleasurable time or maybe not pleasurable but are you know being taken care of fully physical nourishment and the fact that these people haven't left continues to show the impact of 
um, what an investment can do, which if we're talking in an entrepreneurial sense, Mm -hmm. that experience that you have with that organization, with that person, with that product, keeps people coming back. And that continues to, they'll continue to tell other people and they'll just support without necessarily expecting anything. Because right. now with, with how social media is, you just, you can just share an image. Like, go buy my friend's book. Go listen to their music. Go buy this shirt. Free advertisement. You know, that, but we're, we're invested um, and we want to see the success of others. So... I think that's a, those are different lenses that I think about that situation and being there. Um, And and then the the key part in the end, uh, well, two parts. One, give a shout out to your wife for being part (laughs) of your sermon, which I think is just amazing. Uh, I was actually talking to one of my friends the other day, and we were talking about you and your wife specifically. And he's like, he just supports his wife. (laughs) I was like, he is her biggest cheerleader, and I am here for it. So, to those who are looking for a partner, find your biggest cheerleader. Yeah, for okay, that's that is what we need all the time. Yo, she no, you know, she's my biggest cheerleader too. So, it's it goes back and forth. Mm-hmm. You know, she's there for me, and when she can't be, you know, she's sad about it, and I'm there for her. When I can't be, I'm sad about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she gave so she gave me this, and you know, one day she was talking, nothing is wasted. I was like, where you get that from? <laughs> Did you read that somewhere? Because it was a strong interpretation of mm-hmm. what's really happening here. Jesus, they feed the people, mm-hmm. um, and after they fed the people, after he fed the people, he um, he then sends the disciples go pick up mm-hmm. the the overflow. Go pick up what was left. Mm-hmm. Don't leave anything behind. And so, that was remarkable. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, three things, and I gotta meet and gotta get ready to go. I sound like I'm preaching. You do three things. Just because you don't eat first, don't mean you won't eat at all. Because the disciples were serving; they were giving. And while they're giving out food, you would suspect them thinking, like, yo, when are we going to eat? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> we've been out here, too. You know, we've been snacking like everybody else. And everybody else, they ate until they're full. 5,000 people, not counting the women and children. Um, and so um, they teach us a lesson, though. We don't hear them complaining or anything. Just because you don't eat first don't mean you won't eat at all. And sometimes we that creates that crab in the barrel mentality mm-hmm. for us, especially black people, um, because we think just because somebody else getting a lot right now, mean we won't be getting anything at all. Mm-hmm. But God has a way of providing for us. Mm-hmm. All right, number two, don't waste any part of the blessing. Right, they had leftovers, right? They didn't get the full fullness of the meal but all of the ingredients was in the leftovers also. Right. Right. And so so they, they didn't have to worry. They have to worry about it as a blessing, even in the crumbs. Mm-hmm. I almost shouted saying that right there. There's a blessing even in the crumbs. Then number three, when you give, God will always give back to you more than what you put in. Mm-hmm. 
They only gave two fish and five loaves, but they leave with a basket. Yeah. Twelve of them. They gave two fish, five loaves. After they pick up all the fragments that were left behind, they leave with more than what they put in. And so that's, I think, if we trust God with our giving, if we invest everything in God, if we appreciate what we have in our hand, and if we don't waste any part of the blessing, God will give us more than what we need. I need to put that on a tweet or something. There you go. Uh, yeah, that's, yeah, nothing's wasted. Those those three points are so key because um, we do. Like, we definitely, we fight against a lot of this stuff. And to understand that it's all going to work out for our good and continuing to keep that helps us to understand, okay, you know, mm-hmm. I may not eat first, but I'm still going to eat. Right, still going to eat. Um, you know, don't waste any part of the blessing. So you use everything. Use use all the ingredients. You know, uh, you, you can, I'm sure we've all looked in the refrigerator or our parents or aunts and uncles looked in the refrigerator and just like, I'm make something. Mm-hmm. And you're still able to eat and be blessed. Right. And nourishment. And, uh, and then when you always give, you always give, you're always going to get more back i don't think i've ever had a time when i've given and not received more and it may not be more of the thing that i gave but it may be more contacts it may be more um more joy Mm -hmm. um you know more responsibility whatever it is that may be uh and so with that i thank you pastor for coming today yeah spending time talking nothing wasted that 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 really helps sunday you know Mm -hmm. and it helped me no, we're looking at um building, new building. We mm-hmm. see a lot of buildings going up around us, and we see, I see a lot of other people getting funds. I'm like, dang, dang, another meal, five <laughs> meals? And, uh, and and that God really revealed that to me in this text. Mm. Just because you don't eat first don't mean you won't eat at all. Yeah. Well, thank you again. Thank you for joining us. and. Please be sure to join us again for uh, our next session of the MTZ Overflow. Uh, Have a wonderful day and stay marvelous, fabulous, and blessed. Peace. Peace.